0: Welcome back to part two of our two-part episode on detoxification with Dr. Andy Wong. If you haven't had a chance to listen to part one yet, make sure to tune into that one so you don't miss any of this invaluable information on how to best detoxify your body. Let's jump in. You know, we
1: talk about air pollution. Yes, there's air pollution, but there's also indoor pollution. And especially if someone has carpeting and formaldehyde from the furniture and the flame retardants, right? I mean, these are just things that are in the indoor environment that are circulating there. And then, you know, even if you get windows that, you know, now all the windows are coming out that are like really 100% sealed, which is good for the the energy bill, you know, but also it, it can trap some of those chemicals in. So actually what you want to do if you live in a house or whatever, apartment or whatever, is you want to open those windows and also you want to get outside.
0: So there's many, you know, many sources. There, there's air pollution. There's chemicals of food. There's household products. There's heavy metals. Bisphenol A. I'm just going to name some of these because I want people to understand that, you know, these are out there. There's PFAS, You know, there's radon, dioxins, formaldehyde, volatile organic compounds. There's there's so many things out there. Now you could go nuts and think about all this on a consistent basis and 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 hold yourself up, you know, in a sterile room and think you're you know you're you're saving yourself, but that's not the truth. The truth is your, your body has ways to deal with these things. That's the beauty of it. You really don't want to expose yourself, but you, you know, you can't be, you can't be perfect. And as you mentioned, Andy, you don't want perfection to be the enemy of good, right? It,
1: so, there's, there's no sterile room. That's a myth. Even bubble boy probably had a bunch of toxins in there. So let's, let's just, enemy. let's just, it was a plastic, it right there was a now. plastic bubble. I mean, it was a. Blast. You know what? He was breathing in more because the thing is, indoor air is four times as polluted as outdoor outdoor air, even with all the exhaust from the cars and stuff. So, so another big, real practical point for your listeners, Robbie, and for us is that we need to get outside more. You know, we talk about air pollution. Yes, there's air pollution, but there's also indoor pollution, and especially if someone has carpeting and aldehyde from the furniture and the uh, what is it from the, uh, the the bedding you know that is another thing that, the flame retardants right yeah i mean these are just things that are in the indoor environment that are circulating there and then you know even if you get windows that you know now all the windows are coming out that are like really 100 percent sealed which is good for the the energy bill you know but also it, it can trap some of those chemicals in so actually what you want to do if you live in a house or whatever apartment or whatever is you want to open those windows and also you want to get outside. Another fact that I think people, you know, probably understand at an intuitive level, but just the data kind of brings it home is that we spend over 93% of the time, this was pre-pandemic, we spend 93% of our time indoors for the EPA. And and I think, you know, now we see a lot of people kind of shut in during the pandemic, which is now almost over. But the idea is getting outside actually helps to recirculate some of those toxins and you know, or get them out of your system through through getting the fresh air in.
0: Absolutely. I mean, so important for so, so many reasons. So awesome point, Andy. So now, so just basically to summarize, we know we have a detoxification system in place. It's a natural system. We know it's supported by certain nutrients and vitamins and other plant derivatives. We know that we're exposed to a lot of toxins in this detoxifying Classification system is helping us to process all this out of our body. So the question is now is what, what can we do to support these, this system? What are some actions we can take? So I'm
1: gonna, I'm gonna also use my dad's favorite method for this.
0: I think use
1: this when he was trying to perfect his golf swing, but it's the KISS method, right? The keep it simple method. I think what I want to talk about first before we get into that, Robbie, is that besides phase one and phase two liver detox, there's actually a more important phase, which is phase three, which is elimination. Okay. So the point of that is that if we are doing various things for cytochrome P450, you know, oxidation reduction, and then conjugation and all that, liver is working, but we don't have the, we're not urinating, and especially we're not having bowel movements regularly. Then, then, then phase one and phase two kind of are all for naught. So think about a rotarooter pipe, and you're detoxing that sewage in there, and everything's kind of flowing and kind of going through the way it should. But then at the end of that pipe, there's a there's no hole. You know that there, there's no there's no exit point, right? That right. then all that is all that work that your liver did was for nothing at that point. So what happens in the colon is that there's actually an enzyme that is kind of a sneaky enzyme called beta-glucuronidase. Well, that enzyme will kind of, what we call the retoxification enzyme as an example. But that's one example is that what happens is in that situation when even like hormones are trying to get detoxified by the body and estrogen is a hormone that gets detoxified by the liver, this is one example is what happens is that estrogen metabolite goes down to the colon in the case of gut microbial imbalance, there's usually an elevation of an enzyme called beta-glucuronidase. That beta-glucuronidase, glucuronidase, I should say it's the long word, will then retoxify, meaning it will make that estrogen get reabsorbed back to the bloodstream, and then goes back to the liver where it has to be detoxified again, so it's kind of like this Greek mythology of having Sisyphus you know, climb up a hill with a boulder and then all of a sudden, and you're doing all this work to try to detoxify, but then all of a sudden, you know, something happens and he slips or something, the boulder falls back down. That person has to detoxify that estrogen all over again. And, and so the reason I'm saying that about big is that it's the same situation that happens if someone has constipation, if someone's not having regular bowel movements. What's happening is those toxins aren't just sitting there in the colon waiting to be dumped out. Some of those toxins actually get reabsorbed by the system and then you have to detoxify them again.
0: Okay. So, so facilitating good bowel movements, super important. I imagine this uh, by the same mechanism, making sure you're well hydrated and you're flushing your system.
1: Yeah. Hydrated magnesium, triphala, psyllium seed, let's see prunes, you know, fiber in general, you know, all those type of things. There's, there's a lot of other things, but those, those are kind of the main things. And then you could, you could go back to, you know, once you, once you're, once you're having healthy bowel movements and you're saying, well, how can I Optimize my liver, then we're getting into the phase one and phase two supports. So I would I would say, you know, the, the key nutrients would be things that would help with oxidation reduction. So things like B vitamins, glutathione, phospholipids, especially phosphatidylcholine is important. And then in phase two, it's usually things like amino acids like cysteine. You mentioned N acetylcysteine, which is the rate limiting amino acid for glutathione. You can also use glutathione itself. Um, sometimes we'll use NAC and glutathione together because often if a patient is functionally protein deficient, they'll break down the glutathione back into NAC. Okay. So sometimes we'll use both. Glycine is important, glutamine is important, and then taurine is also important. Okay. The other thing that's important is something called methionine, which is found in in protein a lot. So I think besides supplementation, I think a big a bigger point is e-protein. So you need the protein to break down to amino acids to help phase two liver detox. So one of the big things that we know is if you're trying to detoxify well, you need to have adequate amounts of protein to fuel the detox system. So your liver needs the protein for fuel to detoxify effectively. It's kind of like if you don't have the protein, your car is running on empty, you know, without a gas tank, and you know, without a gas station nearby.
0: Right. So the the ways we can support ourselves, we, and we spoke about this when we we're talking about food, but you know, the n- number one, two, and three is decrease exposure, right? Like you want to make sure you're not exposed to these things as best as possible. Absolutely. E- eat wholesome foods, unprocessed, low sugar, low artificial ingredients, low glyphosate, or, you know, choose organic sources. Also get outside, you know, avoid pollution and all the, you know, all, all the various things that we mentioned. Filter your water versus osmosis is is the best way to do it. This will take good bowel movements. You mentioned sweating earlier as one of the only ways to remove plastics. Can you talk about sweating and how, how that's beneficial in detoxification?
1: Yes. Well, when the sweat glands open up and you know sweat comes out, part of what's coming out besides, you know, some you know, water, etc., you know, sometimes electrolytes may come out. But I think the big thing that comes out from a perspective of benefit is toxins. So toxins would be things like heavy metals, plastics, you know, I think the thing that I know is that definitely plastics are, there are certain plastics that definitely need to be sweat out and they can't be detoxified any other way. Now, you wonder why the liver, uh, I guess, why, why uh, why the colon and the kidney and everything, why that didn't evolve to, you know, detoxify plastics. Well... Plastics were not around millions of years ago, right? So this is just one of these things that's newer. And so what we like to do, I'm a big fan of sauna. And and so I think there's different ways to sweat. You can sweat by exercising, obviously. You can sweat by, you know, going to the gym and using a sauna or, or having a sauna at home. But there is some evidence that shows that having, being in a calm state when you're sweating is more beneficial than than the sort of exercise-induced sweating. So with exercise-induced sweating... You're having your heart rate go up, your blood pressure go up, the sympathetic nervous system or the fight or flight is going up. So you're you're you are sweating out some toxins in that situation, but you're probably sweating out more toxins if you are in a calm meditative mode, like if you're if you're in a sauna and you're kind of relaxing and you're just kind of sweating out more. The other thing that has been shown is that you need about 10 minutes of sweating at least to start to activate that detox system in the skin. So if someone is a slow sweater, you know, there's some people that just genetically have slow sweating, or they might even have things like mold exposure that make them sweat less efficiently. You're going to have to be in that sauna or in that sweating situation for long, or rather in that heated situation for longer to start sweating. So I usually advise usually advise people to, to count the time that you start sweating and then make sure that's about 10 minutes if they can tolerate it. So let's pretend Robbie took you 20 minutes, you know, to start sweating. You would add about 10 to that to make sure you're in that sauna for
0: about 30 minutes. Okay, I see. And there's there's good data that demonstrates that, actually, there's one study that I was recently looking at, 2015, they followed 2,300 men for an average of 20 years and found that sauna four to seven times a week had a 50% lower risk of sudden cardiac death. Sixty-three percent lower risk of fatal coronary artery disease, forty percent lower risk of all-cause mortality. So, I mean, pretty significant endpoints. And you know, some of this was study was done in Finland. So, you know, the the critique of this is that it may not be applicable to everyone. And a lot of the Finnish people use sauna, but you can extrapolate that in, in some ways in demonstrating a benefit. So, absolutely. So, sauna is super important, but let me ask you about plastics. If you don't sweat, say you know some people just don't exercise; they they don't do much. Are you saying that that plastic bioaccumulates? It, it it does. There are ways to
1: try to to get that out. You know, there are certain binders that that can be used, and and you know sometimes we've seen that this could be helpful to some degree. Clay, charcoal, humic acid, fulvic acid. There are certain things that can bind some of these toxins and kind of bring them out. We use urine environmental chemical and microtoxin heavy metal testing to assess, you know, the success of that protocol. So we kind of do a pre-post treatment urine testing. But I I think that, yes, the other problem with plastics is that there, a lot of them are visible. Like, you know, we know that we shouldn't drink from plastic water bottles because you're basically drinking water plus plastic when you do that. And and also, I remember, you know, we used to go to Costco, you know, when I was little and we'd, we'd buy these like huge, I mean, they still have them, right? These 24 packs of, you know, plastic water bottles. But I always remember kind of thinking, well, why does why does that water taste plasticky? Well, it, is it my imagination? And then I realized later on, it's like, no, I'm actually just drinking plastic. And that's why it tastes like that. <laughs> Versus if you drink from like a natural spring water or something you drink from a glass glass bottle or something, right? You yeah. you, you feel you feel that too, right? The
0: taste is different. I do. Yeah. I I've noticed that. And a lot of people actually uh, people that don't aren't really thinking about these things either, they tell me that they don't like drinking out of plastic bottles. There's just for the taste purposes alone. They they really focus yeah. on and the body's not the fooling us. I mean the taste is just yeah. telling us
1: that we're actually drinking plastic, you know? Yeah. But the other issue is that there's actually nanoplastics now. You know, there's a lot of plastics from industrial pollution and there's plastics that are kind of invisible in the environment. So there's a big push on research now in terms of we're actually breathing plastic in the air, you know, with, 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 especially in industrial places, there's plastic in the water, obviously, you know, so there's a bunch of things that are happening. Even if you avoid
0: plastic, you can't really avoid it completely. Yeah, absolutely. So you're saying the best way to get rid of these plastics is to sweat. It, 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 how many times a week? would you?
1: So, so I know the Finnish study said, you know, five to six or more times a week for cardiovascular benefit, I think even mortality benefit. I think, you know, in our situation in the US, I I wouldn't say, and you know, we're not in a Nordic climate necessarily, unless we're in Maine or something, maybe that's a little bit cold. But you know, we're really looking at about three times a
0: week as a target here. That's what we're okay. usually
1: looking at. Yeah. Okay,
0: great. So we, you also mentioned some supplements, You you kind of went through them. Can people take these supplements along with all the other recommendations that we just spoke of. Should they see a functional medicine provider before they take any supplements? What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, well, I I think it's not always necessary to see a functional medicine provider before, you know, some of these basic supplements. I mean, a lot of these are are very safe and they're very effective. And probably a lot of people do need support because like I said, the world is is very toxic now. And You know, just if you think about, you know, if someone's under stress, if someone has more chronic inflammation, they're going to need more detox support. So, it might not be that they are on them for a long period of time. I I would say, I would advise if someone's on a lot of supplements, you know, for a long period of time, go see a practitioner that is knowledgeable about that. You know, if they're trying to do like a short-term detox, I don't think there'd be any issues with being on different supplements to help support a say a quarterly detox or you know
0: something like that are you struggling with reaching your health goals do you feel like you need extra help to achieve your desired level of wellness well we're here to tell you that you're not alone our website at peakwellnesshealth.com which is linked in the show notes below offers a variety of resources to help you on your journey towards optimal health one of the most popular resources is the 10 day body reset course which is designed to teach you about diet sleep meditation, exercise, and how to lower your blood sugar, blood pressure, body fat, and improve your biomarkers all in just 10 days. Our program is comprehensive yet easy to follow, and we've seen amazing results for those who have completed it. But that's not all. We offer a body optimization course, which teaches you how to lose fat and build muscle. Our program is tailored towards your individual needs and goals so that you can be sure that you're getting the most effective guidance. And if you need even more personalized support, we offer one-on-one consultations. During these sessions, we'll work with you to create a personalized plan that takes into account your unique circumstances, preferences, and goals. Visit peakwellnesshealth.com today and take the first step towards achieving your health goals. So, so say somebody wanted to do that. They, they said that you know, they're like, okay, I, I feel fine, but I just want to do a quarterly detox. What would you recommend? I
1: think that there's different ways to do that. I mean, I think there's ways to do that with and without supplements. So let's talk about the without supplement first. So without supplements, you would definitely focus on I would actually focus on this sounds, you know, I wasn't gonna even talk about it on this podcast, but it's really doing a a, you know, body but also mind and spirit detox. You know, it's 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 a combination because if if we're running around, Robbie, you know, like with chickens with their head cut off, you know, how are we expected to do a detox? You know what I mean? Like we're taking all these supplements, but maybe we don't have a head because like, you know, like we're all over the place. Right. So there's actually no mouth to actually, you know, eat the supplements. So, so I think the first thing is just making sure that when someone's doing a, say a quarterly detox, that they're in a headspace, they have enough, you know, room on their plate. Maybe they're not working as hard during that time, or they have a little bit of space in their schedule to focus on their own health. They're right. getting enough sleep. The stress management is good. Maybe they do some mind-body practice like yoga or meditation, you know, something that can, can kind of put everything into context. That's part of detox too. You know, having a little bit of a digital detox, maybe once a week putting away the cell phone or not looking at it as much, or, you know, looking at screen time and tracking that. So all that's really important. The other thing before I get into like the non-supplement nutritional part of the detox is that, you know, EMFs are a toxin, you know, too. So electromagnetic frequency. So one of the things is, you know, putting away the cell phone, you know, and reducing screen time and all that's going to be really helpful. But I think just being in that mindset is really important. And then nutritionally, I, I would say that also, one more thing, actually, I was going to say sleep. So the detox system, this is actually one of the most important parts of this talk today is that the detox system is most active at night between the hours of 10 p.m. And, and 2 a.m. I think we covered this a little bit on the sleep podcast, yeah. but just because there's some overlap here, I think this is a really important point. If that person's not getting enough sleep, they're not gonna be detoxing that well. The liver literally, when they do ultrasound studies of the liver, they're, they're seeing that the liver actually functionally enlarges at night. Like it's just more active, right? Yeah. Just like the best time to exercise the muscles, those big you know muscles, is in the late afternoon often for like peak circadian rhythm, peak health and wellness, you know? You riff off your podcast title. You know, the best time to sleep from a perspective of detoxification and the effect of liver detoxification is between those four golden hours of 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. So So, so like if someone's like, I'm having trouble sleeping or, you know, when should I sleep? If they're trying to detox, at least get those four and then ideally, of course, seven or eight hours because you're trying to, you know, detox everything. Right, But back to nutrition, I think it, it's a plant, you know, it's definitely a plant forward or, you know, as the buzzword now, plant centered diet, you're going to be a lot of leafy greens, preferably organic, cruciferous vegetables, fermented foods are good to help the microbiome foods with a lot of fiber in it. Certain fruits, you know, I, I t- tend to like things like blueberries or raspberries, you know, some of the berries, I think. We also know that apples are really good for the red skinned apples are good for the quercetin in the skin and quercetin is also an antioxidant. And then protein is really, really important. Protein meaning, you know, animal protein, plant protein. Protein is going to be needed for the amino acids, especially for phase two liver detox. And then fats is kind of an overlooked one because, you know, we always talk about the food, but we don't really talk about the oils as much. Now this is kind of depressing to me, Robbie, because as you you may know, I like to eat out you know sometimes or I like I like good fine dining. but the issue is that most restaurants nowadays do not use healthy oils, right you know, I've even called around you know like a crazy person like, hey, what kind of oil do you use? you know I'm not even like making an order for them. I'm just like talking to the manager, hey, can I or do you use olive oil? like what kind of oil? Yeah. And, and they're usually like, no I use we use vegetable oil. Vegetable oil sounds healthy. Yeah, But it's actually one of the most toxic kind of oils. It's, you know, I guess it's like fractionated or it's heated up in a high way. So it's a very inflammatory one. It damages the cell membranes. And you need your cell membranes, Robbie, to detoxify the body. The health of your body will be determined by the health of your cell membranes. So if you have good oils, those oils get incorporated into cell membranes like omega-3s, phospholipids like phosphatidylcholine, which you would find in egg yolks, liver, things like that, and supplements too. And then, you know, also, I think cholesterol is actually part of a healthy cell membrane. So you, we do need some cholesterol. But the biggest thing is really avoiding those inflammatory oils. Inflammatory oils would mean things like corn oil and sunflower oil, safflower oil, cottonseed oil. Seed oils, yeah. Seed oils, trans fats, you know, trans fats, be even in margarine and stuff like that. And then, so anytime someone says vegetable oil or soybean oil, that's unfortunately not not that good yeah, for you.
0: Yeah, yeah. It sounds like you're you're making the healthier choice, but but you're really not. So you know, think about think about avocado oil, olive oil, coconut oil. Those are some those are some of the healthier ones.
1: Ravi, I'm starting to believe yeah. even that you know, besides eating organic, the most important thing we can do nutritional wise is to eat healthy oils. That's yeah. like the backbone of the cell membrane is is the fats. And right. so, and you know, think about like I said, the brain is sixty percent fat. Yeah, all the Omega cells the run fat. with the membrane. Yeah, yeah. so you, yeah. the fats are really important, and that's that's not something you're gonna you're gonna really think about often. in, in sort of these nutritional plans, it's kind of like let's we'll eat the salad, you know, we'll eat the right. healthy proteins and whatever it is, healthy protein, healthy carb. But if they're if they're stir frying it in a in a bad oil, that's making everything toxic.
0: Yeah, right? absolutely. So okay, so we got the we got the healthy food, we got sleep, we got exercise, sweating. We're doing the the three month. Detox, what supplements would you recommend and and you know at what doses?
1: I, I would say for most people, they would benefit from a multivitamin because it has some of the key B vitamins in there like B2, B3, which are riboflavin and niacin. and has folic acid, B12, which is cobalamin, yeah. paradoxine. These are all B vitamins that are important in a process called methylation, which is one of the key detox pathways in phase two. So B vitamins are important, zinc and copper are important, selenium is important. So when you add all these things up, vitamin A, vitamin C and vitamin E which are antioxidants, when you add all these things up, it's like you might as well take a multivitamin because it has mostly these things in there. If you want to be more precise, you know, I would say from a, a kind of a, a a key, you know, detoxification antioxidants, vitamin C, vitamin E and glutathione are very important because they they are Active in different parts of the cell or bloodstream. So it's kind of like you want to have detox capacity in, in all areas. You want to have capacity in the bloodstream. You want to have capacity in the cell membrane, and you have, have capacity inside the cell. And so by optimizing CE and glutathione, that's happening in a synergistic
0: way. Besides that, I think and you can. Or... So glutathione isn't part of a multivitamin regimen. And typically people would take N acetylcysteine as a supplement. So, do you, so, so a multivitamin N acetylcysteine. Um, I think
1: though I think those are 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 key ones and then depending on what's going on with the patient you know if they're having liver test abnormalities or fatty liver then I think adding milk thistle is a good idea. Okay. Silymarin I mean that that's a good one. And then another big thing is you know some people do need a little bit of extra protein so either like a protein powder maybe some extra branched chain amino acids which help to build muscle especially leucine. So so some of these things are a bit a bit additional, but depending on the the protein needs of the of the patient and, and, and things like that of the person. I think sometimes some supplemental protein
0: is helpful. So anything else in this now we're now some of this stuff, like a good multivitamin, I'd want to take every day. Magnesium, I don't want to take every day. Curcumin, I is a supplement that has so many benefits, I would take that every day. But other things that you would only take for the that one quarter. Like you mentioned, NSL cysteine. I don't know if you need to take that on a Daily basis. I don't think you need to take that
1: every day. Although there, there have been studies, Robbie, for any of your listeners who are over the age of eighty-five. That once you get to eighty-five, that's my plan. I live long enough to you know see the point where I need to definitely take some glutathione. At Age eighty-five, everyone's glutathione drops. Okay. So no, so saying- so and, and because NAC, like you said, is the building block of glutathione, I would take either NAC or glutathione at that age. Okay. Okay.
0: Okay. And then but,
1: anything, anything else?
0: Protein supplements anything Protein,
1: else yeah i mean if they're having gut issues like leaky gut issues then you might add some glutamine for instance okay if they're having cardiac issues you might add some taurine you know these are types of types of amino acids you could i, I like curcumin i think that's a great idea magnesium is a great idea also coq10 is another antioxidant that could be really helpful for detoxification and then i think on the herbal side there's different there's different things, but depending on if you're actually trying to actively bind out some toxins, which, you know, that would be another kind of discussion, but there's certain things like burdock root or dandelion, milk so we mentioned, DEM, which is another supplement. So there's a bunch of things that could help with either binding or excreting toxins. Ox bile we talked about, which helps digest fats and kind of helps with that that gallbladder function there. So I think there's some other things that can be added depending on the health of the
0: person and their goals and stuff. Okay, got it. Okay, that's super helpful. And I I know we're running a little over time, but I do want to answer the question that we brought up in the beginning, you know, juice cleanses, celery, you know, juice cleanses. You know, we discussed all the things needed for detoxification and avoiding toxins. If somebody wants to detoxify, are these worth doing or not?
1: Yeah, I think that they can be worth doing as a springboard to a more consistent pattern of healthy lifestyle, you know? And, and you know, some people need that that structure in, in place, you know, because let's face it, there's Dr. Google, now there's AI happening, right? There's all these things happening with healthcare. And I wonder about kind of system overload, like we're all kind of overloaded with, what should I do? What, should, what cleanse should I go on? Or, you know, what should I eat, you know? And so, and so, these cleanses, I think the the real benefit to me is that it helps reset your body a bit. It doesn't replace your own body's detoxification; it just kind of augments it, and it kind of creates a nice structure for people to, you know, follow and and kind of get back on the wagon, so to speak. So that that's how I would view these detoxes. But you know, if you do a detox four times a year, the all the other weeks of the year, you're still wanting to detox effectively. So. I don't think you need to be on a a quote-unquote detox program, you know, 365 weeks a year, but it can be helpful for people. Is it necessary for everyone? No, I don't think that everyone needs a detox program, right? But there are certain people that would benefit, like I think if they're trying to jumpstart a healthy metabolism, they're trying to lose visceral fat, try to lose some, you know, some visceral fat in terms of being overweight. If they're trying to, you know, jumpstart energy-wise, you know, there might be something where there's a certain cocktail of, vitamins and nutrients that are gonna jumpstart the mitochondria to produce more ATP. And they're gonna need more upfront, you know, nutrients to help restart that that process. People, people potentially with, you know, immune or autoimmune conditions where there's a lot of inflammation going on. So a lot of that could be, you know, helped with a detoxification process. And we didn't get into fasting, but I should say that sometimes people can actually do well by doing nothing more than fasting. You know, fasting itself is also also a
0: detox program too. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. So basically, you know, the answer is, you know, you can do these detoxes. They're not, it's not like you can eat pizza, beer, ice cream, do detox for three days, go back to pizza, beer, ice cream.
1: Yeah. That, that that would not
0: get you the results that you want. That's correct. It's not, it's not like the way to cleanse your body. It's it's like a, it's a springing board. It's, you know, a way to kind of get you on the right track. The real way to detoxify is, you know, as we mentioned earlier, really focus on your mind, your spirit, your sleep, exercise, eating a proper diet, really focusing, vegetable focused, and eating the right amount of protein, eating the right fats and, you know, all the other things that we've Definitely. talked about, like sweating and things of that sort. Like th- these are all beneficial things that help you detoxify these cleanses. They're not bad, but they're, they're not like the way, the only way to do this, you know, and, and some of them, as, as we know, they're just marketing boys and trying to sell product. Again, not, not gonna really hurt you, but not gonna help you as much as they say they are.
1: I, I, I should mention one more thing, Robbie, which is that we live in the DC area, which literally is a swamp, right? Yeah. This is not a political statement. This is just like (laughs) DC is a swamp. So it is often under sea level or it's at a level where there's at least 60% humidity. And when it's 60% humidity, there is something called mold that will grow. Yes, yes. And mold is a toxin, or we should say mold excretes different things called mycotoxins or mold toxins because they're trying to compete with other molds to survive essentially. So that's why they excrete these toxins but this is also something that the liver has to, you know, detoxify something the body has to deal with and this can be very damaging to the cells and to the immune system and um this is something that if you're listening out there and you're wondering why you feel worse in your home or work environment and then when you go on vacation or something you you feel much better or if you get outside fresh air you feel better that could be an indoor environmental, you know, mycotoxin issue and having someone come out to your house a certified building biologist or someone that's involved with, you know, diagnosis or you know basically identification of of mycotoxins could be really transformative for for your health if, if that's an issue
0: that's a that's an excellent point a super important point and any if you have like maybe a few more minutes yeah. I know we're past our time but just want to know you know a high level overview if somebody came to you and said hey look I'm I feel just toxic there's something going on I don't know what it is what kind of tests would you run what are what are some what are some things you'd look for
1: in terms of tests, I, I think you definitely want to look at some basic tests first, like their liver tests their kidney tests, you know, how are they excreting their urinalysis, things like that. You can actually tell a lot from their pH often about their acid and alkaline balance. Some with the pH of like 5.0, maybe they're not eating vegetables and that could be really helpful. Magnesium level, I think would be helpful. I would do an omega check, which is omega-3 fatty acid level. You could look at their gut microbiome, you know, too. You could definitely look at that. That would That would be helpful and then depending on kind of where they wanted to go you go with these higher level tests like look at mycotoxin testing look at environmental toxin testing heavy metal testing we do in our clinic actually a lot of screening for heavy metals we check lead mercury cadmium arsenic through the blood and sometimes urine uh, arsenic as well but i think this is this is helpful to get you know some baseline also we didn't mention but thyroid function is really important for detoxification you know thyroid is really important for metabolism And then we actually have a test, which I'm sure you know well, Robbie, is called the Body Impedance Analysis. That's an m body test. And that looks at basically visceral fat, muscle mass, hydration status, resting metabolic rate. So this is gonna tell you a lot because if there's fat, especially excess fat, there is toxins, there are toxins. Yeah. Because toxins get stored in the fat. I wanna mention this for all the men, but especially women out there too that are listening to this is that because fat is stored in the toxins, one of the root causes of breast cancer is toxic overload in the breast. So that's really, really important to understand that detoxification has the potential to basically modify and improve your immune system. And we can't say it necessarily prevents cancer, but of course, toxins cause cancer. So if you reduce the toxins, then in theory, the cancer risk will be lower. So I think that's really, really important to to talk about the fact that you know, we want to get the toxins ideally out of the areas where, you know, where there's too much toxins in the fatty tissue because that's going to lead to cellular damage down
0: the line. Absolutely. What about organic acid testing?
1: Yeah, yeah, we definitely do some organic acid testing. There's some doctors in the clinic and practitioners in the clinic that are a bit more expert in that than I am, so I would defer to them often on that. But that can really be beneficial and really pinpointing in a personalized way what some of the roadblocks are, the metabolic roadblocks in terms of what is kind of making the energy cycle go and what might be blocking that energy cycle and based on that you can deduce from that test what micronutrients or amino acids or different things might be needed to to keep that cycle running more smoothly because you need that cycle running smoothly to detoxify
0: well and what about voc testing and pesticide testing do you do you recommend that do you do that
1: are you talking about urine or blood or yeah blood
0: blood tests for VOCs?
1: I've done some of those. I find a lot of plastics and a lot of different compounds, especially in war veterans, actually, you know, they're exposed to a lot of like burn pits and yeah. just who knows what else, ancient orange, you know, and stuff. And we, we found a lot of toxins like that. I don't do too many toxin blood tests, although I think that's a good, good idea. I feel like everyone is toxic to some degree, but if someone's coming in and they're not getting results from the first test of that, that's cer- certainly something to consider for
0: sure. And I heard glyphosate testing, everybody's exposed is so ubiquitous, it may not be helpful. What Do you do you Do do you do that at all? I mean, it is part of uh, some of the
1: functional tests that we do is just part of the package is that that is tested as one of the environmental chemicals. The best way to get rid of glyphosate besides the supplement of humic acid, fulvic acid is to just drink a lot of water and just pee it out because the half-life you can actually just pee out a lot of glyphosate and to eat organic.
0: I think those are the those are ways to, you know, help reduce the glyphosate. Okay. Annie, this was phenomenal. Thank you so much. We always learn so much from speaking with you. I really appreciate you sharing your knowledge. If somebody wants to get in contact with you, maybe even be seeing your clinic, how would they do so? Thank you, Rob, for having me on today. And
1: thank you so much again. This is such an important topic. I'm I'm glad we got to talk about detox today. The clinic, so we have a clinic in Bethesda, Maryland. We actually have another location now in Potomac, Maryland both in Montgomery County, just across the river from where you are, Robbie, in Northern Virginia. So we are in Capital Integrative Health, which is cihealth.org, O-R-G. And you can find us on our website there and you can request an appointment, I think by just calling us or emailing us and we we can be happy to see you. Awesome,
0: thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. And if you did, please make sure to hit the subscribe and the like button and leave a comment about what you'd like to see on our future episodes. Just a reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only, does not substitute for professional care, nor does it constitute medical or other professional advice or services. If you're looking for medical care, please seek a qualified doctor or medical professional. For more information, or if you'd like to check out our programs, please visit our website, peakwellnesshealth.com. That's peakwellnesshealth.com.